you know, I look at challenges two ways. There's challenges that challenge you, like it's a problem, and then you have to, you know, tackle that problem. There are challenges that are opportunities that you can rise to. And, you know, in terms of opportunities that you can rise to, I think media has a huge one ahead, which is really the connectivity to culture. You don't get the luxury to choose between the now and the then and the tactic and strategy. Like a good leader has to flex between big vision and tactical needs. Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Media Snack Meets, where we get to meet the individuals and organizations doing great work to inspire success and drive change in the global media and marketing industry. Each week, we get to ask what is behind that success, what it takes to make change in the industry, and what the rest of us can learn from that experience. The format is easy. We ask just six questions in 15 minutes or less. And my guest this week is Lena Polimeni, who's the Chief Media Officer of Eli Lilly. Hi guys. Hello, gentlemen. Where are you? There you are. Hey, Lena. Hi, Dom. How are you? Very good, thank you. Thank you for joining us on Media Snack Meets. Um, so I said in the intro, I mean, you're, there's only a handful of people with the Chief Media Officer title, isn't there? It's quite, it's quite an exclusive badge. We'll, we'll probably learn a bit more about that as, as we ask you some of our questions today. Um, but so let's just start off to, to just explain, in, you work for Eli Lilly, what, what do you do as the Chief Media Officer? Um, and then in media, give us something that you've been most proud of, either in this role or, or previously. Yeah, well, it's a pleasure to be here with you today. So thank you for having me. I am the Chief Media Officer for Illilili and Company. So within this role, I'm responsible for um, the media investment and the advertising across uh, mostly North America and mostly the United States market as pharmaceutical advertising takes place mostly on brand in the U.S. market. So I actually lead a team of teams that oversees four different areas is the media component, as well as our integrated digital first models, which we call the startup model. So really an end to end digital um, ecosystem that we are building. Um, as well as our sponsorship, most notably the Olympic sponsorship for us this year is um, a pharma first and a company first for us that we're very proud of, as well as uh, the Multicultural Marketing Center of Excellence, which is also within my team. So it is a media job, but it has expanded over the year to really um, encompass a lot of the touch points with the consumer journey across across the board. And, just, and for those maybe that don't, don't know who... You know, maybe outside the US, just explain Eli Lilly, what is the business? What what kind of what does it cover? Yes, it's a pharmaceutical company, so it's mostly um, you know, pharma and biotech space and mostly covering, you know, over the past 145 years, um, consumer drugs and consumer uh, pharmaceutical products that um, mostly at the moment are focusing around the areas of diabetes, oncology, um, neuroscience to some degree, and immunology. Yeah, good. Uh, and something that you're proud of, either that you've achieved at, at the company or previously that, that you know, shows us your passion for media. Yeah, you know, I think actually building this team and building this role is something I'm very proud of. I have been able to um, really attract some external talent that has a lot of media expertise outside of pharma. So I think in a nutshell, what I'm really proud of is having this vision of wanting to show up to market as a consumer company, a consumer brand that happens to be in healthcare versus 
just the pharma company because uh, to me it goes back to the deep belief that we're in service of the patient and we're in service of the consumer and you and I as consumers when we're in need of a medication and we have a need you know our expectation of a brand is not shaped as a pharma brand it's shaped as a brand so wanting to really push the organizations and my team to start from a centric consumer centric view of the business I'm really proud of having being able to build an organization and a team of people that is skilled at that and has a huge passion to serve the patients. Good, I love that. Well, that takes us nicely onto our second question. So um, what is it about media that you find exciting? What, where, does, where does that come from? You know, I love this question because I think a lot of us, to your point, you know, not everybody is born in media as a career. And, you know, a lot of my background is actually on the brand marketing side. and. Mm um a lot of the you know kind of pure marketing side i started in sales before even getting into marketing and so you know i personally actually chose to leave the brand marketing side and go into the media side and so i love this question because a lot of people at the times you know my mentors or people that work with me thought i was crazy because why would you leave the brand marketing side and go into media and for me the answer to that and what i love about media it's always been growth personal growth and connection so media is really the vehicle by which you connect a message to consumers and you connect a message you know currently frankly to culture so it gives you an opportunity to have a bigger uh, footprint into what a brand can do into culture and then at a personal level i felt that um, you know the brand marketing side of things and this is just my my personal opinion it's fairly well well established so i learned a lot onto that side of things i have built an expertise Media has always been where I can grow. If you think about the media landscape over the past two years, even if you were a media expert two years ago, just the streaming and data and tech aspect of the last two to three years would have made you a complete beginner over and over again. And that part I like. It's something I seek in my personal life to always get myself into a beginner stage of things. And so to me, one of the best part in working into media is connecting to Frankly, people that tend to be smarter than me outside of the company, people that know a, a lot more than I do and being in a continuous learning stage, but also purposely putting myself in a beginner stage every year because the media landscape and the technology behind it is changing so rapidly that none of us can really claim expertise all the time. Yeah. And do you think that, I remember you telling me this, This I think I've got it right, the story about, because I'm fascinated with the chief media officer title because I just think, as I say, it's quite a rare title still despite you know probably the great need for it to be more more present um does that give you permission do you think to think a bit wider because i'm, I'm uh, you know you could say the observation when you talk about media directors generally is that that can feel sometimes a bit narrow like you're responsible for a bit of the company spend and you have to make sure it's spent well right media is this kind of great big exciting thing is that does a title elevate you to that and and Am I right in saying that it's your boss that, that told you to have that title? Is that right? Because she Well, there's so in the US, actually, there's there's quite a bit of us in the US. Um, the ANA has actually written a white paper of the need for a chief media officer. So yeah. I think maybe you know the conversation you and I had in terms of when I took the role, there was a need to define what this role was. And you're absolutely right. If you look at a media director that is, you know, closer to the investment, that is media strategy and implementation. And that is a need that you can feel fairly um, often within an organization, but doesn't really elevate the ability to impact the investment in a way that is 
that is useful for the organization, but it's also um, leaving a footprint within, you know, and having a weight within the media marketplace as well. So we actually really anchored around best practices in the market. I do think it's a little bit different in the United States. The ANA had created um, a white paper industry-wide that really detailed the need uh, in, of what a chief um, media officer was. And so became yeah. the anchor for this role. At the same time, I think there's quite a bit in the US, um, you know, I know just top of my head, Verizon and Colgate, um, different companies that have that footprint also have a chief media officer. I, I do think you nailed the difference, which is one thing is to have media planning and strategy and just execute on a given budget. Another thing is to, you know, having a broader look of the investment and also having a broader look at how to leverage media to drive company-wise objectives yeah. and to really drive business and on the brand side. I don't think it's something you can do when you are in an execution mode and you do need some level of enterprise conversations in order to be able to really tie to the business and, and also drive a portfolio strategy versus a brand by brand strategy. Yeah, that's great. I love that. Uh, hopefully that's an inspiration to others watching. And Bill Duggett at the ANA will be particularly pleased, I think, in, in yeah. <laughs> because that's been a personal campaign of his, I think, to try and get more. Um, so from that perspective, let's move on. So biggest industry challenges. I mean, I know there's there's a lot in, me in media, not least how fast things change, but in your role, what what do you see for you know for your role as being some of the challenge challenges for the business and being responsible for media? Yeah, you know I look at challenges two ways. There's challenges that challenge you, like it's a problem, and then you have to you know tackle that problem. There are challenges that are opportunities that you can rise to, and you know in terms of opportunities that you can rise to, I think media has a huge one ahead, which is really the connectivity to culture after. To me, after the pandemic and after I think a lot of people and the general population and every one of us, you know, has had the time to reflect on what matters and what does it and just taking a different look at things in general. I think media has an opportunity to really be a connector with what matters within culture of being a translator between brand promises and, you know, business sides of the brands as well to create meaningful messages for consumers. I, I do think that, you know, Full and purpose-driven marketing is not a trend anymore and is not a thing that is that can be an add-on. I think media has the responsibility to tie together, you know, and connect content to delivery and also where the conversation and culture is. So that's a challenge, but it's an opportunity. It's a huge one. And I think it's one that goes across brand. That is not a, you know, a brand by brand conversation or a Lena as the chief media officer conversation. That is an industry wide conversation. And what's the role of media within culture and how do we elevate voices of people that actually already have a place within that discourse? So that's one that excites me. And in terms of, you know, problems and challenges ahead, I think, um, you know, in the pharmaceutical industry, we always have a data, um, you know, limitation and question mark in terms of we have to be very respectful of the privacy of the data, of course. And as we operate within those constraints, obviously, like any other uh, industry, we're looking at what's going to, what is this going to look like after cookies go away and after, you know, what is the role of first party data and what's the right place for us to play into that. And I think that's, um, that's an interesting one for us ahead. The one challenge I always have in the background for me, but it's a good one to have, is uh, talent, and making sure that we continue to have not just the you know diverse pipeline of talent, but I really have a passion to create new talent and bring new passion into the profession as well, and making sure that um, we do that across the board and across different companies. So I think those would be the three areas for me. Good, you're making this very easy for me because we just we're just going seamlessly into into you know 
your levers of leadership then. Um, so, I mean, you lead an organization, but also you work in a large organization. What's, what's over the course of your career been some either great leadership advice you've received and, and is valuable to you or something which you give to others that you think is helpful? I, I have a couple. I, you know, personally, I always share, I am the daughter of a commander. My dad was in the Italian army uh, growing up in Italy and my mom was a Latin teacher. So my experience in life, you know, life has been explained to me between war strategies and, and, and Greek mythology. That's kind of how life has been explained to me. And so because of that, I think the best leadership advice for me is always, you know, a lot of it comes from war strategies from my dad, uh, but it also comes from the human centricity that, um, you know, in a way Greek mythology brings to always also as well. So one of the key pieces is that I think a good leader in my experience and what I have always brought with me, you don't get the luxury to choose between the now and the then and the tactic and strategy. Like a good leader has to flex between big vision and tactical needs. And so, you know, if you apply that to war strategy, the really the real great commanders are the one that have the vision and can pull people through, you know, what the ultimate goal is, mm -hmm. but at the same time spend the evening, you know, in the trenches talking to soldiers and figuring out what they really need in the trenches. And so I do think that applies to great leaders, not just in terms of, you know, knowing what's happening, but also to connection to people. Because um, at the end of the day, it's really true that you're only as strong as the team that's behind you. And connecting to those people is not just a matter of understanding what the needs are from a business perspective. You have to understand what motivates them and how to bring that together as a common purpose. So I think, you know, having the bigger vision and being close to the ground, it's it's a big leadership advice. Um, another one that I always share is, um, and I've shared this before, is, you know, my, um, my father actually always used to tell me, and any great accomplishment, he still reminds me of this Latin way of saying, which is which means, and she gathers strength as she goes. That's a really important one for me because it means that you don't have to have all the answers at any given time. You have to have a solid confidence in yourself that you have the tools to find the answers as you go. And that is usually transmitted to the team that you lead. You know, at the end of the day, for me, the biggest leadership advice is I'm in service of the team that I am leading and I'm in service for me in my industry of the patients that ultimately I'm trying to get information to. And if you keep that in mind, I think a lot of things um, kind of fall into place as you're trying to, you know, take out the 300 million fires that we all have every day. Really like that. So the uh, so the next question is really about what you do outside of media. And most media leaders I speak to always say, "I'm a media, I'm a media leader. I don't have any spare time." Um, but it, but where where do we find you outside of outside of work? And, and what do you do to get away from media? I, I don't do media outside of work. Let's be clear. Like I gasped. It. <laughs> um, you know, I do, you know, like a lot of people before the pandemic, I love to travel. You know, my family still, is all still in Europe. So you can find me very often in Europe prior to the pandemic. And I love to read. But my real passion outside of media and like where I do spend my time, if I have free time, um, is usually dancing. I actually have um, a big passion for dancing. I've been dancing for a while. And I dance um, a lot of Angolan dances, so Kizomba, Tarashinya, Semba, so a lot of dances from Angola. And this year I picked up um, Argentinian tango, uh, which has been kind of my passion. And, you know, the one interesting thing, whether it's a passion or not, for me, in my personal life, and it kind of goes back to something I was mentioning before, I don't do New Year's resolutions, 
But what I do do every year is I like to pick up something that my body did not know how to do the year prior. And, you know, a lot of times it's been different dances because it's just an easy thing to add. But the reason why I do it is because it puts me in a constant learning stage, in a constant beginner stage. So no matter how great you are at dancing a certain dance, when you pick up a new one, you feel like you've never danced before. And it's a really humbling experience when it's a physical experience. And so that's that's one of the reasons why I choose, you know, new things to do physically every year. But yeah. You have a passion for dancing so you can often find me in festivals across the country um, practicing or dancing social dancing excellent that's a good one uh we, we'll talk about new year's resolutions then because the final question always is you know tell me some hopes for the year ahead we talked about some of the challenges and i love the way you frame them as opportunities to rise to which is which is a really good way of looking at it um but the, you know, the media industry has gone through various different evolutions and the last year has been particularly challenging uh, for marketers to adapt, for agencies to adapt to the publishers and the, and the following different patterns of consumer behavior. Where do, we, where do you want to end up with this? In a year's time, if I was to ask you this question, where do you hope some big thing that we might have changed and, and hope that you have for the year ahead? Connectivity. I What I hope we don't lose from this example of the pandemic and what we learned in the pandemic and we carry forward is connection to real people. So for me, is the patients that we serve in general for the media industry is, you know, the media industry is a, is a complex, you know, uh, machine and enterprise. And I think staying connected to the people we're trying to actually reach and what's what are their hopes and their dreams and consumers specifically hopes and dreams. That's my hope for the industry's connectivity and realness in the discussion. I love that. Lena Ponomeni, Chief Media Officer, Eli Lilly. Thank you very much. Thank you, Tom. Who would you like to meet on future episodes? Please let us know in the comments below. Subscribe to our channel where you will also find previous guests, including leading media executives from companies like P&G, L'Oreal, Mars, Mastercard, and many more. Plus some of the industry's most provocative thought leaders, such as Belinda Smith, Jerry Dakin, Professor Mark Ritson, Nadine Cart McHugh and Gary Vaynerchuk. You can also subscribe to get new episodes each week. And if you like this episode and think someone else would, then please do share it. Thanks so much for watching.